0: Hey, is everybody online?
1: Yep, yep, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yep.
0: All right, it looks like we're ready to get started. Just like everyone else, editors at the Daily Bruin are still figuring out how to make things work as we shelter in place, or stay safer at home, as Los Angeles Mayor Eric Garcetti prefers to call it. Bruins have now mostly scattered, leaving Westwood for their homes across America and the world. With unprecedented changes to the world, work, and education— Everyone is now finding new ways to do the things they once did every day. Here at the Daily Bruin, we'd been planning all sorts of things. Just a few weeks ago, we were planning on sending sports editor Sam Condon to the Pac-12 men's basketball tournament. Soon after that would come March Madness, and after opening up 2020 as one of the worst teams in the nation, it looked like UCLA might actually qualify this year. UCLA Women's Basketball was prepping a tournament run of its own, and we were preparing a special insert to preview both teams' prospects on the upcoming national stage. We were planning an insert about campus safety and security for a few weeks later, with arguments about how it should be improved. But those plans, all our plans, were dashed week 10 when UCLA suspended in-person classes on March 10th and migrated to online instruction through the second week of spring quarter. Two days later the Pac-12 and the NCAA canceled their tournaments. And the day after that, UCLA extended the move to online classes through the end of spring quarter. Suddenly, so suddenly, everything just stopped. Since then, we here at the Daily Bruin have been finding ways to keep doing our jobs in the middle of all this change. Bruins have found themselves taking online classes from homes in other states, other countries, and even just their dorms and apartments in Westwood, albeit much more lonely than before. That's why, for the first time, I am Omar Saeed, the Daily Bruin's head of podcasts, recording from under a blanket fort around my desk at home in Rancho Cucamonga, California,
2: about an hour east of UCLA in good traffic. I'm David Ray, the Daily Bruin news editor, and I'm recording from my closet at home in Pasadena, California.
3: I'm Lucy Carroll, the Daily Bruin Opinion Editor, and I'm recording from my closet at home in Healdsburg, California.
4: I'm Kristen Snyder, the Daily Bruin Arts Editor, and I'm recording from my closet at home in Orange, California.
5: I'm Sam Connan, Daily Bruin Sports Editor, and I'm recording from my grandparents' second floor storage closet in Mattapoisett, Massachusetts.
1: I'm Molly Wright, the Daily Bruin blogging editor, and I'm recording from my closet at home in Fort Collins, Colorado.
0: Now, we're all sitting in these weird places because the clothes in our closets and the blankets around my desk are absorbing sound, forming makeshift recording studios so that we can make this show about the one thing all Bruins are doing now, adjusting and learning how to keep our lives moving, at least in some way, like they used to before. From the Daily Bruin, this is the online edition. I'm Omar Saeed, and today, we're bringing you our first episode, The Adjustment Show. Stay tuned. We're bringing you stories about Westwood, UCLA, and Bruins, and the way they're all adjusting to our newfound situation. Page 1. 12 Stories, 5 Minutes. We've been under shelter-in-place orders for 17 days now in California, as we record on Sunday. Being trapped inside that long has left many people stir-crazy. Some have put that energy into playing Animal Crossing, which came out March 20, just hours after California's order to stay at home went into effect the evening of March 19. Others, like the Daily Bruins news editor, have put that energy into less wholesome activities, like messing with their staff. Here with me now is news editor David Gray, who has decided to create a unique challenge for two of his assistant editors. In five minutes or less, they're going to tell 12 news stories chosen by him about changes made as a result of COVID-19.
2: Hi, Omar. So to start things off, I'd like to point out that this is not just a challenge, it's a competition. I'll be choosing a winner at the end based on a secret set of factors that only I can ever know. With that being said, I'd like to introduce assistant news editors Tate Nucci and Marilyn Chavez-Martinez
6: hello
2: hey all right so we flipped a coin before we came on the air and kate gets to go first omar can you put five minutes on the clock the clock is set all right on your march. get set go
7: first up after ucla announced the move to online classes more than 80 percent of students living in the dorms on the hill have moved out The university has also set up a system for students who left UCLA without their stuff but still just want to cancel their housing contracts and expect more students to move out over time.
6: To help ease the pressure students are feeling, the UCLA Academic Senate voted to let students avoid changes to their GPAs by taking multiple classes pass or no pass for spring quarter. The UC is also relaxing its admissions requirements. High school seniors applying to the UC this fall won't have to submit SAT or ACT scores, and all high school students will be able to take their required classes on a pass-fail basis for this year's spring, winter, and summer sessions,
7: no matter when they apply.
2: Alright, you did undergraduates and high school students, so now you have to do one about grad students.
7: Graduate students are still facing cost-of-living issues. UCLA graduate students are considering whether to go on strike without the support of their union. Grad students are once again hoping for a union back strike, but many are planning to launch a strike with or without the union support, including UCLA Graduate Students Association President Zach Fisher.
6: Meanwhile, to counter cost of living issues caused by the financial impact of COVID-19, California Governor Gavin Newsom issued a ban on evictions across the state through the end of May. Newsom credited Los Angeles for putting in place a similar moratorium issued more than a week earlier by LA Mayor Eric Garcetti.
2: Points to Maryland for a good transition.
7: Speaking of LA, a new boat has arrived in the city from Naval Base, San Diego, and not just any boat. This is the U.S. NS Mercy, a naval hospital ship that is now docked at the port of Los Angeles to help hospitals struggling with capacity issues because of COVID-19 by taking care of patients who've tested negative for the coronavirus to free up beds.
2: Don't forget to mention how many people at UCLA are sick.
6: 14 members of the UCLA community have tested positive for COVID-19 as of April 5th. While the cases are increasing, most of the more recent cases were likely contracted off-campus. Last month's decision to suspend in-person classes will likely hamper further cases from spreading at UCLA, which has now extended online instruction through at least August 28th, the end of Summer Session A. No decision has been made yet about Summer Session C, which ends September 11th, six months after online instruction
7: first began at UCLA.
2: Okay, now to a story that ties into online instruction.
7: UCLA students experienced Zoom bombing during their first few days of spring quarter classes when internet trolls interrupted Zoom classes with racist messages and slurs. Zoom bombing was a common issue in classes across America this week, including at USC. UCLA has made a commitment to fix the issue, announcing two days later that it was working with law enforcement to identify those who verbally attack students in class, while Zoom has made changes that make it more difficult for trolls to hijack classes.
2: You're doing great, now bring you home.
6: We interviewed students who lost their job on campus as a result of COVID-19. Many were planning to return to work at UCLA during spring quarter, a decision that's now out of their hands. Meanwhile, student employees on the Hill are mirrored in uncertainty, unsure whether to stay and work jobs that might not last or to head for the relative safety of home. Three days after that, the University of California announced a commitment not to lay off any of its career employees because of COVID-19, though that won't help students much. Done!
0: Good job. You both made it with about 30 seconds to go. So, David,
2: have you decided on a winner? Uh, wow, you, you guys both did a great job. I can't pick a winner, so you guys both win.
6: Lame. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
2: that's my choice.
6: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Alright, that's it for this absurd little game show we've set up. We have to move on now. Thank you all. Page two. Humans of UCLA at home. In the midst of all this, it's been hard for a lot of people to maintain their routines without rigid schedules to stick to or places to be. That's also created a great opportunity for people who are trying to do something different as a way to make isolation more bearable. With me again is opinion editor Lucy Carroll who decided a routine change is just what the Opinion Desk needs right now.
3: This week, my assistant editors and I thought it might be a good idea to take a break from arguing to see what exactly the humans of UCLA are going through right now and how they've been coping with all of this. We spoke with Aidan Arasasenham, a third-year global studies student who's the government relations chair for the University of California Student Association and an undergraduate representative for Associated Students UCLA. RS Ossingham has been going through some rough patches with the recent isolation and remote instruction.
8: I'm not gonna lie, it's been really difficult. I mean, thinking back to finals week, almost overnight I had to move my entire life out of Westwood back home. Honestly, I miss my friends, and it's been difficult having access to the support system that I rely on when we're all so spread socially thin. And it's in times like this that you need to rely on your support system the most, but we're so spread socially distant that it's difficult.
3: And it's not just being separated from friends that's causing problems. Our assassin him is coping with a lot of the technical difficulties that make remote work and instruction inaccessible.
8: I know for a fact that I only learn as well through a screen than in person. I mean, right now, my entire family, we're sharing the same Wi-Fi router, and I've been having problems all week with connection issues and with audio issues. And I'm not able to keep up with lecture or with a, uh, what a professor is saying when I get spotty audio and I miss entire chunks of lecture.
3: Despite the difficulties of remote instruction and being cooped up inside, though, Ara has found some silver linings to the situation.
8: I mean, I'm getting to spend more time with family, which I think is really good. And in a way, it's forcing all of us to put so much more effort into maintaining and building our, you know, friendships and relationships right now and making sure that we can't take friends for granted.
3: One thing that's made it easier for him to stay positive is a little moment that helped him see the way other people have been adapting and adjusting to what's going on in the world.
8: Home for me is near UC Irvine's campus. And I was definitely, uh, you know, it was unexpected and surprising today to be woken up by car horn after car horn, especially when I haven't seen a car in the streets in days. And I went out and I looked and it was actually a uh, car strike being put on by uh, the COLA graduate students. Uh, you know, protesting for uh, graduate basic needs and student labor support right now in the middle of the coronavirus crisis, and seeing that kind of energy and the power of student activism continue in new and innovative ways, even in the new reality we're living in, is incredibly powerful. And we need to keep up elevating these conversations of student basic needs, of student labor support, and of graduate student basic needs during this time. Uh, you know, even if we have to do find new and innovative ways to do it.
3: In that vein, Arasasiham said he thinks student political activism like that will be key as the pandemic continues.
8: I think we need to, uh, you know, remain vocal and vigilant to make sure we're keeping a close eye on the way that UCLA and UC is handling the ongoing COVID-19 crisis, uh, especially with regard to student basic needs, you know, our financial security, our academic support and, you know, support for our student workers. But at the same time, the onus can't be on us as students to make sure that we're pushing administration in the right direction. We need to have a much more inclusive dialogue uh, and collaboration to make sure not only in these crisis decisions we're included, but as we move on to the uh, the medium and longer term, as we move into recovery, students and student voices are centered in the process and our needs are met. I'm optimistic going forward, but in the post-crisis UC recovery, students need to be at the center of the discussion both on campus and statewide.
3: That's certainly something I can agree with. It was good to hear from another student in the midst of all this.
0: What really struck me is the optimism he shows for the future, despite some of the negative things going on. Thanks, Lucy. Page 3. COVID-19 Steals the Show UCLA is home to the School of Theater, Film, and Television, more commonly known as TFT. The school houses 692 students, directors, editors, actors, and costume designers, among other specialized fields. As a result of social distancing guidelines, those students have had to adjust to many changes, starting with the decision to put their plays, movies, and film projects on hold. Arts editor Kristen Snyder tells us more.
4: So truth be told, the situation is not ideal, not for me, and apparently very much not for TFT students. Not only are they coping with stalled movies and film projects, they're now dealing with the fact that many of their classes require access to expensive programs and equipment that's normally available on campus, making it difficult for them to practice editing or doing the work they normally would for their classes.
0: And just what kind of programs and equipment is it that students need access to? I understand the need for cameras and filming equipment, but don't they have to stop filming right now anyway?
4: Well, aside from filming, TFT students learn a lot of other skills. Those learning to edit need access to editing software normally available to them in editing bays in Melnitz Hall. There are also students who need access to the building's virtual reality labs in Melnitz where they can use VR headsets. I don't know what that's all about, but it seems like TFT is really up to some high-tech work these days. What I do know is that VR headsets and editing programs aren't cheap, and that a lot of students might have more pressing expenses, including rent and internet.
0: It seems unfair to leave that expense on students. Especially considering they're still paying for access to those things on campus, that money is now going toward nothing. Even students who can afford to buy their own VR headsets or editing programs are essentially paying twice.
4: It's funny you should bring that up. A lot of TFT students feel the same way, and they want the professional fees they pay for access to this technology back. And it's not as if the university has come up with a good alternative. Victor Rocha, a fourth-year film and television student and former Daily Broom contributor, who's co-head of the Undergraduate Student Council for Film, told us he felt like most of TFT is now dependent on students having access to their own software and VR headsets, meaning students can't fully and meaningfully participate in their classes without spending money on big-ticket items."
0: Online instruction really has been a challenge. I'm sure South Campus lab courses are dealing with similar issues, albeit on a smaller scale. I think it's clear at this point that online instruction will never be the same as the in-person instruction students would get in a classroom. For the most part, online learning will really be about students finding a way to adjust to new ways of learning skills without doing it themselves. But Zoom does offer its own perks, like its screen sharing features and the fact that no one has to walk to class anymore. That may not mean much to everyone, but at least it's some version of an upside.
4: Yeah, and it opens the possibility of inviting guests to Zoom into the classroom who wouldn't normally be able to come to UCLA's campus as a result of work or geography. Things will definitely be interesting these next few months. Here's hoping we all figure it out.
0: Here's hoping. Thanks, Kristen. Page 4. An indefinite timeout. COVID-19 has made a pretty big impact on many parts of our lives, But its effects were most quickly apparent in the sports world, when collegiate athletics around the country began to shut down in mid-March. Around the same time, professional sports, including the NBA, NHL, and MLB, also shut down, leaving sports fans with no games to watch, no statistics to track, and no brackets to fill out. Here at the Daily Bruin, that's left members of our sports desk with little to do but wait for things to return to normal. Sports editor Sam Connan takes a break from scrolling through Twitter to join me for the rest of the story.
5: It's been weird for sports fans these past few weeks. You know, Watching old games just isn't the same, and I'm not used to this much downtime between heated head-to-head matchups, really. Uh, some people have even resorted to watching marble races on YouTube. An entire season of ups and
8: downs has wound through countless circuits around the world to guide us here to the Midnight Bay Circuit. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the finale of the
5: 2020 Marbula One season. I'm Greg Woods. The clock strikes midnight and we're ready to go. Speedy on pole
8: for the Savage Speeders. And we'll talk about permutations for the championship as best we can during this frenetic race. The lights are on. And we're rolling, speedy, out of the gate.
0: And how have you been coping with it all? Did you find something to fill your time?
8: Well, people who
5: know me know I'm a big movie TV fan, so uh, I cut through a big chunk of my watch list. I I binged the second season of Westworld in one day, so I could catch up before the new season. And I finally completed the Cornetto trilogy when I watched The World's End last Tuesday. It's absolutely hilarious. Would definitely recommend. Uh, And after I ran out of movies to watch, I talked with our social and graphics teams to set up a March Madness bracket uh, on the Daily Bruin Sports Twitter account to pick the best UCLA athlete of the school year.
0: Were you rooting for anyone to win?
5: I was really pulling for Matt McLean, Michaela Onionware, Kyle Phillips, and maybe a few others, but it's clear since the beginning who the champion was going to be, Kyla Ross. We still have a few rounds left, but the field is thinning out, and I can't imagine anyone pulling off that upset. She's just an all-time great and total people's champion, too. Truth be told, the hardest thing about all of this has been some of the recent news from the NCAA. The people most affected by these cancellations are the athletes, and the NCAA has actually been working on a solution. It gave athletes who play spring sports an extra year of eligibility. That includes sports like baseball, softball, tennis, and golf. Uh, but unfortunately, that means winter sports like men's and women's basketball and gymnastics won't make the cut. We'll never get to see this year's men's basketball team play in March Madness and we really likely would have without COVID-19. This cutoff means we won't have a chance to see athletes like Kyler Ross and Prince Ali donning blue and gold again. Anyway, aside from that, there obviously hasn't been much happening on fields or courts anywhere around the country. Hey Sam, what's that noise? Oh, I, I didn't think the microphone would pick that up. Uh, I'm playing NBA 2K20. Hang on, uh, let me let me turn it down. You would not believe how many hours I've put into this game over the last few weeks. Really been getting my my player up. So we recently wrote a battle of the editors, facing off to decide what UCLA's best moment this year was. Although, I don't think we really decided on anything in the end. Really, I think after fighting it out, we just realized how impressive so many of UCLA's teams have been this year. Be it men's basketball, which managed to become one of America's top college basketball teams after capping off a seven-game winning streak with last-minute wins over Arizona and Arizona State. Or gymnastics, which once again made it into the Internet Hall of Fame with a viral Beyonce-themed routine performed by Nia Dennis. UCLA Athletics managed to overshoot expectations in more ways than one this year. I'm just sad I didn't get to see them do it longer. So yeah, as you can see, my hands are anything but full. Overall, though, I'm just hoping UCLA Athletics comes back strong next year. In the meantime, I'm going back to Twitter, at least until a new Marble Race video comes out.
0: Thank you, Sam. Enjoy your marbles. Page 5. We're still on Postmates. Students are going through a lot right now, but so is the entire country. That includes Westwood businesses that many students have forgotten about while they were worrying about a pandemic, online classes, and missing out on commencement. Quad editor Molly Wright tells us now how Westwood small businesses are adjusting to COVID-19.
1: Every summer, most students pack up their things and leave Westwood, bound for home, study abroad sessions, and summer vacation destinations across the globe. This year, that exodus, or a version of it, came early as a result of COVID-19 and the resulting migrations of classes online and campus closure an acceleration that is threatening small businesses Bruins know and love in Westwood Village like Enzo's Pizzeria, Fat Sal's, and Espresso Profeta. While students may not have left for vacation this time, many of them are home, and that means they're not around to spend money at Westwood Businesses. No one yet knows how long it will be before students are back in Westwood and can once again make the decision to skip 8 a.m. lectures in Royce Hall, but one thing is clear, their absence will surely be felt by the small businesses that rely on students for most of their demand.
0: And just how bad are things going for small businesses right now? I know there are still some students living in their Westwood apartments or, like, the dorms on campus. Are the restaurants at least still getting any business?
1: Well, a lot of the restaurants are still open for delivery, takeout, or both, which helps them make up some business, but there's a limit to even that. The restaurants are also having to deal with the fact that the students staying behind aren't going out, meaning there's less foot traffic and fewer people buying takeout. Between students leaving Westwood and those left behind staying indoors, As a result of social distancing guidelines, some restaurants have seen their business decrease by 70% in a single day.
0: That's really worrying to hear, and I'm sure students would hate to come back to UCLA to find their favorite restaurants closed. I know some restaurants have chosen to become small markets to make up money by selling their food stocks. That sounds like a good way to get groceries while avoiding crowded grocery stores. Is there any other way for restaurants to make money right now?
1: Well, besides continuing to offer delivery and takeout, many restaurants in Westwood and across America also offer gift cards and gift certificates. Recently, people have been focusing on buying those as a way to help restaurants because it gives restaurants money to pay bills now, and people can use the gift cards once social distancing guidelines have relaxed and things have returned to normal.
0: That's good to know. I might try that out myself. In the meantime, I'm keeping my fingers crossed my favorite restaurant manages to stay open through this pandemic. I know there are bigger things to worry about, but they really have the best pokey. Thanks again, Molly. That's our show. We'll be back again next week with another episode of the Online Edition. Find us online at dailybruin.com, where you can read more stories about UCLA, Bruins, and Westwood. The Online Edition was produced and edited this week by me, Omar Saeed, with production assistance from Sarah Hubbard. This week's episode was fact-checked by Maggie Tully, Sarah Hubbard, and Saskia Lane. Special thanks this week to my co-hosts, David Gray, Kate Nucci, Marilyn Chavez-Martinez, Lucy Carroll, Kristen Snyder, Sam Conan, and Molly Wright. The Online Edition is a Daily Bruin Podcasts production.
6: Wait one second. They can hear everything.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We'll fix it in post.